Can you guys hear me okay? Yeah. Yeah, I can hear you fine, right? So are we, oh, wow. we could just... Oh, perfect. That's unfortunate. <laughs> Welcome to episode two of the Perrant Favelle Generation X podcast with the amazing Mr. Ray Shiro. Great to finally meet you guys. Happy to be here. Oh, I'm so happy. And it's funny that, um, speaking of Joe Cadillac, um, mm -hmm. I believe the story goes that my mom met him at a bar, went on a date to a flyers party, met my dad, and kind You're of ditched me. Joe for my dad. <laughs> I think that's how the story goes. But yeah, so Joe. <laughs> um, your mom, Carol? Yes. I remember your mom well. Word has it, I don't know if it's true or not, that you might have thought my mom was hot back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's pretty much true, to be honest with you. That's a good one. And she she, she was and is, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. She's definitely so, a beautiful woman. So, yeah, that's, oh, man. Make sure you say hello. And um, is this like a, not a lie detector test, is it? I could have <laughs> just said that. Absolutely not. <laughs> So that's a that's a tough one to start off on. But what the, heck? <laughs> the best uh, part is uh, Ray, we're we're not live, Ray. So uh, yep, we can, we can delete, we can cut anything out that that we want. Yes. So, um, well, I I think it was an appropriate answer, and uh, <laughs> I would keep that in. <laughs> you answered it. Perfectly. That was a tough one off the bat. Well, that is honestly that's, a, that's I've never heard that story either about Joe and uh, your mom and. Obviously, Bernie, that is fantastic. Isn't that funny? And so what year Joe, would that have been? What, what, what year would that have been, do you think? Oh, gosh. I I don't know. Mm. I don't know. Well, See, Bernie's 50, I don't know, 53, 54 years ago. Wow. I That's, don't know. Uh, but so it's because of Joe that I'm sitting mm -hmm. here today. <laughs> and you're... Yeah, you're Kim Perrant. You're not Kim Cadillac. No. <laughs> <laughs> well... Kim, actually, that kind of has a ring to it. It does. Kim Cadillac. Kim Cadillac. Pretty good. Kind of like you know? that. Absolutely. Let's, but not, maybe not get any ideas. <laughs> yeah. Kim, I didn't, even, I didn't even know you were going to tell that story, Kim, because I was laughing. Um, first mm -hmm. off, Joe Cadillac Jr. There's a Bernie Jr., Joe Cadillac Jr. I'm jealous now that they're, I'm not uh, Doug Favell Jr. Nope. I get <laughs> no kidding. Yeah. Um, I got the middle yeah. name. Yeah, yeah. I got the middle name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So mm -hmm. um, I was also funny. Um, Kim, I didn't know you were going to pull up that Joe Cadillac story, but um, amazing guy. The first time I met him, and it was a funny story, was my dad was, I think it was uh, late 80s, early 90s. He was the goaltender coach in Buffalo with the mm -hmm. Sabres. And um, mm -hmm. that the Flyers were, they've always been my favorite favorite team. So um, there was Dave Brown, Rick Tockett, Mark Howe, uh, Derek Smith, uh, Craig Berube. It was that era. And so Sunday nights, I would always go over to the games, the home games in Buffalo and uh, Philly was playing. So I begged my dad to go over to the game. He's like, yeah, no problem. And after the game, I was, you know, I just wanted to meet Rick Tockett. And so Joe Cadillac happened to be at the game and he came out and um, we were down kind of in a cage at the odd there. And Joe Cadillac came out and he's like, oh my God, yeah, you want to meet Rick Tockett? Come on in, come on in the room. So I was like, wow, this is awesome. So Joe drags me into the room. Well, every guy is in the shower. Like nobody has clothes on. Everyone's in there and he's running around <laughs> introducing me to Dave Brown and Rick Todd. I'm like, 
this is awesome, but this is awkward. <laughs> but, but that was that, that was Joe, and just an amazing guy. And um, like three, four weeks later, he actually this is before cell phones and and cameras and stuff. He actually sent Polaroid photos of of me with with Ronnie Hextall and and Did he have clothes on? And, yeah, I'm going to say the same thing. No, Ron Hextall <laughs> did not. <laughs> uh, Rick Tockett was dressed, yeah, but it was it, it was kind of funny. But well, that's that that's my memory of uh, of Joe Cadillac. That's so. a good memory. Well, if you sold that bike, you know, now that he's the chairman of the Penguins, actually, you know, could use that against him. Yeah, you still have that <laughs> photograph. So that's and, right. Uh, that was like Joe, though. Everybody now has team service. He was really the jack of all trades. He was a PR director, but he was a team services guy. And you know, when I was a manager in the league and assistant manager, whenever your team services guy, you have to know who a as a coach or assistant coach. You have to know who the first assistant coach was in the NHL history, which was Mike Nickluck. But you know, the history also the basically you got to know who Joe Cadillac is. Who Joe Cadillac? <laughs> ah. The guy from Philly. And Joe still, Joe Cadillac, he still sends me probably once a week pictures and stuff like that, which I had never even seen before. And it's fantastic. And um, like he's, I think they were, he was my dad's second or third year in Philly. And Corey, your dad might have been there right in 72, 73, maybe. And yeah. I don't know, they're flying uh, Piedmont Airlines or Allegheny or whatever they're flying. And they had picked someone up in a trade and they're getting off the plane. And I guess the way things were being run, uh, he was, wow, Joe, this is amazing. I can't believe it. Team travels and Joe, of course, just looked at him and said, "Kid, there's first class and then there's flyer class." And <laughs> that was the way it was. It was probably yeah. decided, right? The way things were run, and that was good. And yep, and that's Joe. Like you said, everything was and, yeah. Oh, everything's perfect, and uh, what a wonderful person and Joe and his wife. And um, geez, what a great ambassador for the Flyers. And boy, he's he's got some stories. Oh, I'm yeah. sure. Maybe you should have him on. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> and he always had a camera. Like, there's always pictures of everything. You know, it's just. Well, if you ever have Joe on, I'm sure you will. Make sure, Kim, the first question, you got to say, tell us about date night. Yes. <laughs> with, uh, you know, oh, you better believe it. Care, care, yes. Uh, yeah. That was, that'd be, that'd be pretty interesting. So there's a guest <laughs> yeah. already. But uh, no, that's wonderful. And you guys were growing up around that and anyway it was it's nice to to reconnect and it's always nice you know when i when i was back in philly and um sarah hart and always took that uh, when gene passed by sarah hart and, and lauren took such great care of my mom and uh, would take her to the games and all that stuff and you know i saw a picture i think i was nine years old and waiting for santa claus the at the you know christmas party and i had a runny nose and i don't know some ugly looking vest my mom put on me i was nine <laughs> i didn't know and um there were all the kids well anyway and, Lauren was kind of right next to me, but I think I cut her off because I got a better, there was a good present that Santa had. I cut Lauren <laughs> off and that was, you know, that. So, but a lot of good stuff there though. They were the best Christmas parties. They were so fun. And the oh. real Santa was there. <laughs> they were, they were great. But yeah, uh, Sarah Hart's <clears throat> awesome. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's, that's nice. People take care of each other there. Cor your, your dad, the last, what was the last team he played for? Was it like NHL? Was it Colorado? Colorado, yeah. And it was funny Colorado. because, yeah, we were living in Colorado and he ended up retiring out there. But um, his last right. year, he got sent to the Miners, which was actually the Philadelphia Firebirds. So we had built a house. We were living out in Colorado and he got sent to the Miners. So mm -hmm. he was back in Philadelphia with the Firebirds. Mm -hmm. We were out living in Colorado. So, so yeah, his last and year, he was actually back in Philly. The, and I remember from this, you know who was on that team? Um, before this is 
would that be like 70 what, what year was that 79 or uh, 79 80. yeah you know it was on, you know it was on that team and uh, who knew but he only played six seven games i remember it was peruzioni oh really <laughs> oh yeah look it up peruzioni yeah six games there still eligible to play in the olympics and yeah. um obviously that was probably a good thing for the usa so it was funny but wow. that was the firebirds and and what was the Kim? Uh, your your dad played for the Blazers coming here. He did, in, and I am terrible. The, Corey might know the dates better than me. I yeah. am so bad with my dad's early career and the dates. <laughs> when uh-huh. was that, Corey? <laughs> it was seventy two, seventy three. <laughs> yeah. So that, that was I remember that. Yeah, seventy two, seventy three, and Corey. I think that was your dad's last year with the Flyers, right? Correct. Yeah. When yeah. they beat Minnesota and all that stuff, and um, was, yeah, and that was the Firebirds. Wow. Um, yeah, I still remember I was playing, I was playing youth hockey in, uh, Voorhees at the old, uh, what was it called? The, um, the Coliseum. The Coliseum. Yeah. Uh, Coliseum. I, I, I think I, I mean, I still remember him exiting the, leaving the Coliseum and he wasn't with the Flyers yet, obviously. And, but he was with the Blairs. I, I think he had a broken foot though. I still remember he had the crutches on a broken foot and, um, <laughs> wow. maybe he just didn't want to play for the <laughs> Blairs anymore, but the old Coliseum in Voorhees. But, um, yeah. no, that's, um, that, that's, that's. That's something. That's amazing how your you guys kind of have your lives are kind of linear, and how your parents or your your dads kind of your fathers came up in kind of parallel paths for them. But it's uh, it's nice to see you guys doing this. Yeah, and they yeah. played for what six years and uh, before pro Corey together. Well, they played. I think they were yeah uh, four years in Philly together, I believe, and then they uh, won a Memorial Cup uh, with the Niagara Falls Flyers. So they played uh, major junior together too. So which was rare back then. It was two two goalies that that stuck together, but they were owned by Boston. And I think uh, your dad, Kim, was was the goalie who could cut the Boston lineup because I think they had uh, Eddie Johnstone and and Jerry Cheevers up there. And uh, so that's what my dad got really lucky in the expansion draft when when Philly took uh, my dad and your dad. So, but yeah, that year seventy two seventy three. That's why I was looking back when Kim and I started piecing stuff together. It was like, man, we kind of just missed each other. I feel bad because my dad got traded. You guys won the cup. So I have to, <laughs> I have to see him every year, you know, look at those hats or, you know, Stanley cup flyers, you know, 74, 75. And so sorry about that. But, um, Hey, Kim, um, are you going to apologize or am I on behalf of the flyers? Sorry about that. Corey. Well, but, yeah, yeah, I might need it from both of us. Sorry, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> right. Sorry about that. No, it was funny. Cause I remember the first uh, game I was telling Kim, the first game of 73, 74 exhibition game, they played the Rangers at home and I don't know, uh, Bernie Perron. I, I didn't know anything about Bernie Perron except he was playing where he was the previous thing. And, um, he honestly, he shows up. I think it's my dad plays him and I don't know why, but they lost, I think eight, nothing, eight, one. And my dad let Bernie in for all eight goals. First game he ever played that for Phil, coming back against Philly. And I think they were saying we want the bell back, but anyway, um, but it's, um, but it's quite, it's quite the thing. And really the year before the 72, 73, where they really kind of took off and obviously, you know, the bell obviously in goal and kind of took off there. And the next year, you know, won the cup and, and looking back, I mean, as I was saying earlier that I used to, when I was a kid, I used to run the locker room and I would try and I would always try and your dad's math and, and both you guys. And it's of course, you know, with, with Doug Favela is the first one, I think they even have a, a, a colored mask, and, uh, the orange one, and then the starburst one. And um, but it was, you know, you remember those things. And as my dad always says, everybody when they won in '74 and '75, but everybody, at least when he was at previous '71, '72, '73, all those players, you know, who weren't there for the cup, obviously helped 
moved that along, you know, the, the two prior years that contributed to it. So they became a good team, and their Doug Bill was a big part of that, and obviously Bernie. And after that, and that was pretty good. So who was, uh, do you remember, Corey, who your dad's backup was in 72-73? Who the other goalie was? Was it uh, Bruce Gamble? There you go. And it was Bruce yeah, Gamble. Yeah, it was Bruce Gamble. And then he, he had the heart yeah. attack. I remember he had the heart attack, and it was used a joke because, you know, back in those days, it's, you know, in between periods, guys were hiding in the stalls having smokes, and, you know, <laughs> yeah. Gamble's in the stall having, you know, he had a, I guess he had a heart attack in, like, the second period. Flew back with no, the this team. Is, yeah. Flew back. This, that is was, absolutely – I was listening <laughs> to that game. Uh, I was listening to that game on the radio. I mean, to stay up that late, you're right, to listen on the radio. I mean, but he did. You're right. They were playing in Vancouver, and Bruce Gamble, the second period, he <laughs> Stopped another like they, they won the game three to two and it's, you're right, Corey. In the second period, who was the medical guy? Was it Frank Lewis? I can't remember who the medical guy was. Came running out because he was down, but he saved the game. He was fine. And one of the third period, ended up standing on his head. I think he had 38 saves or something. He got first star. And you're right, we're flying. Realize he had a heart attack. He never so he played, played the again. whole game. Yeah, oh, yeah. it wasn't yeah. like it wasn't a groin pull. It wasn't anything. Wow. Was, no, he had a heart attack. Honestly, that's that's a that's old best player <laughs> hockey. I guess I stay in and shake it off. I mean, and that's then, a hockey player. <laughs> well, that is like, I remember that. I was like, Jesus, I'm like heart attack. Wow. Yeah, no, was, that's, that's wow. really something. You're exactly right. And then, and then uh, I think Bobby Taylor ended up coming at whatever point that was, maybe the next year with Bobby. I was going to ask and, when did Bobby um, come in. Yeah. I think it was, it might've been, might've been the next year, maybe been the 70, 74, yeah, your first two, but of course, Bobby Taylor, what a wonderful person. What a great guy. Amazing. The only problem unbelievable for it. and the only problem was when Bernie got traded back to the Flyers as well like I think there were 78 games on 76 or 78 and Bernie played 74 and 73 games like uh-huh. and remember with Bobby I mean he played like eight games and he only get he get eight he had credit for eight games but he probably played about five because he got pulled a few of them and Bernie <laughs> had to go back in there but remember so of course Bobby Taylor was you know Indian descent and you know, nickname the chief, and then after the first year, seventy three, seventy four, or whatever his first year was, backing up Bernie, um, he only played like eight games. So the players, I don't know if you remember this, but the players changes the uh, name from chief to sitting bull. <laughs> <laughs> well, my dad, That's hockey. My dad always jokes that um, I, I don't know how many games in a row it was. My dad played, and you know he was playing great, and. Then your dad put Bobby Taylor in one game, and the press asked, "Well, why'd you put Bobby in?" And he was like, "That was his turn." And meanwhile, was like, "He had played like twenty. <laughs> that was that's a true story. That was I think he played like thirty-five straight or something like that. And the, the problem was is, and he did say my dad did say that. And but the problem was it was an NBC game on like Saturday or Sunday with you know Ted Lindsay and all that stuff and right. the big match at the Bruins and Bernie Perron and against you know uh, you know Phillips and all that stuff and. The NBC wasn't too happy. There was no Bernie. And uh, <laughs> that's exactly what my dad said before. That was his turn. I don't know. So <laughs> that was that was something. They had some great things. So how old were you during the, the when they won the cup? And so you have uh, good I memories, was, I'm sure. I was, yeah, I for sure. I was, when we went to Philadelphia, I was nine years old, I think. So I was there, my dad was there seven years. So I was nine to 16. Oh, okay. So within the one, I think I was, tw- I was 12 and 13 years old and um when they went in 74 75 so i remember a ton and um i remember you know after they beat boston that game uh may 1974 it was an afternoon game and we didn't go like we we're and what was coming up next was the philadelphia wings and i'm not sure if Corey, your dad was playing that 
Man, he was. I, he I was. Used to watch him. <laughs> yeah, I used to watch him play. I mean, it's incredible. Like, you know, yeah. Rick Duffy, the longtime coach and all that. So Rick Duffy also played. And yeah. obviously your your father and there's some the old Philadelphia Wings played after the Flyers beat the Bruins. And, you know, I was like 12 or 12 years old. And so we ended up watching the lacrosse game. And, I mean, I don't know. Like, where the hell are our parents? I mean, <laughs> the heck? Well, and that's funny too, Ray, because I was talking about I feel bad that my dad missed out on that year, uh, those years with the cup. Mm-hmm. But the, the the year you guys won the cup, yeah, he was playing right after with the wings, lacrosse. So he was in Philly at wow. the time. You know, Did you say imagine he would fly back he, and he forth 30, for what? the games, Corey? He would yeah, like, he fly yeah. in and out. Yeah. Yeah, Harold Ballard finally put an end to it. Um, he was flying back and forth, and he used, he used to drive in uh, with Boria Salming. And, uh, Holy so crap. They were driving into the game, and I guess my dad asked Boria, who, who are we playing tonight? Because <laughs> my dad had just flown in from, from playing the afternoon lacrosse, and then uh, so Ballard got wind of it and said, yeah, enough of that. So Jesus. Um, was he number 33? He was 33, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The wings, yeah. There you go. Yeah. See? So, and, and Ray, I wanted to – to tell you this too, Ray. Um, when my when my dad got traded back, uh, if you remember, when Jerry Meehan scored that goal with about twelve seconds left to put the Flyers out of the the playoffs. I don't, Jerry, Corey, I don't, I don't remember at all, but um, it was four seconds left. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, it went full circle that we joked that Jerry Meehan was the guy who hired my dad to be the goaltender coach in Buffalo. So. I think That's the joke right. was the joke was he felt bad for scoring on him, so he gave him <laughs> gave him a job back in '89. Oh, <laughs> I, oh, absolutely! I, That's right, Jerry. He was a lifetime GM there too. But um, yeah, that was four seconds left. Yeah, yeah. I was nine years old, and I honestly, honestly, this honestly, Corey, this is a true story. Yeah, um, that was my dad's first year, seventy-one, seventy-two, and he beat him one point to make the playoffs. And you know, it was two-two, and then you know. <laughs> Jerry scores four seconds left, and my—I mean, only because a tie, and yeah. it was the last game of the season, and with four seconds, lose three to two, and I—I I, I was crying, and my mom was watching the game. We were—we looked—we read Vic Stasiak's house in Bella Kinwood, honestly, yeah. and my mom was drinking coffee, and when Jerry Man scored, she screamed, and her coffee went flying against the wall, and I'm crying, <laughs> and I say this, I said, I've told the story a few times, and. I remember, you know, Chuck Fletcher, the obviously the current gym of the Flyers. Now I go, Chuck and I were, when I was a gym in Pittsburgh, he was assistant gym for me for three years, and in that in New Jersey, we worked together as well. And he's, I was telling the story. It's, it's you've got with four seconds left, and it was just me. Higher, like, how many years later was uh, to be the goalie coach of Buffalo? 88, 89, I think he was still there. That was, and how long did he do that? The, uh, was he the goalie? Uh, coach? I think till ninety two. 1992. So, which really? was funny because yeah, he was so that, wow. So he was there with Rick Dudley too. Rick Dudley was coaching. Oh, that's great, great guy. And then, uh, but so it was. I mean, my I was nine years old. So the next day, I was devastated. I mean, I had to walk to school, and I was telling Chuck Fletcher this, and like, hey, Chuck, my welcome to Philadelphia moment, man. I'll never forget it. And it's kind of funny, Corey, that you're because <laughs> I'm walking. I'm basically still crying. And I'm nine years old. Next thing you know, I hear some kids uh, before school yell, Hey, Shiro, your old man at the Velvet blew it. Oh. <laughs> what? That, I'll never forget it. Well, there you go. It wasn't just my dad or Corey, so there you go. Uh, that was the welcome to Philadelphia moment. Thanks a lot. Yeah, right. But it got better. 
Yeah, but that was but that's awesome that the next year that obviously they had a really good season and beat Minnesota in the playoffs and they lost to Montreal, but hell of a run with um obviously with the with Doug Favell and the crew, but um yeah, kind of a tough sports crowd. How did your dad <laughs> react when uh with that big loss? Like how did he handle uh, He had, he handled it by I think he handled it by I mean, because Keith Allen had been telling me the story, but that's when I think maybe the next week or two when that's when he sat, he sat down for a year and review with Ed Snyder and, and Keith about the team. And that's when he said, I, I need help. I, they're like, what? And I want to hire an assistant coach. And Ed Snyder and Keith told me the story that, you know, it was my dad's first year there. They didn't make the playoffs. They had a one point and they missed it by. And, and my dad, when they, after they had like a two-hour meeting, let me ask you a question. Like, should we fire him? Like, I bring him back, fire him right now or fire him tomorrow. What should we do? This guy's so stupid. He needs help. Like, <laughs> that's how we reacted. Because there, there wasn't assistant coaches an assistant then, coach. right? So Mike Nicklock came in, gets hired. No, he was the first one. Mike Nicklock was the first one. And um, and obviously that really worked out. And when you think about it, and then they won the Stanley Cup with Mike. Um, and that was, it worked out that way. So that's, I'm not, that's probably how we handle it is probably when they flew back from Buffalo. I'm not sure what the hell I hit in the basement. I think, God, I mean, <laughs> what a, that was a tough one. You know, yeah. I'm like nine years old. We're going back to the minors. We're going back to Omaha or something. <laughs> so, you know, thank God they get an opportunity to, they stuck with them and it obviously worked out, but oh boy, it wasn't looking too good. So, um, and well, luckily I, I wasn't at that same school next year. We moved to Cherry Hill the next year, so I didn't have to go to that same school and Ballard would have get mocked. <laughs> I should have gone back the next year when they won, I guess, right? Yeah, so, really. <laughs> they tried to track that kid down. Where's that kid? Jeez, what a bully. Getting bullied back then. Well, like, yeah, my dad said, you know, you know, of course your dad was just such an innovative coach. Like, he just things that weren't common back then, like being able to say, you know, I need an assistant coach or the the mm-hmm. training that they did or watching film mm-hmm. back, like things that weren't common then that mm-hmm. your dad, you know, brought to the guys, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, well, I mean, there were, that was something when you look back, I mean, you know, with video and all that stuff. And, um, you know, I, I think I think it might have been in 77 or 76, 77. I remember besides Mike Nichol, then he had to his staff and was Terry Crisp, uh, his first coaching opportunity, Terry Crisp and um, Pat Quinn. So my dad was the head coach, Pat Quinn, Terry Crisp were the assistants and the goalie coach was Jacques Flant. I think they just brought him into Pacific Kim. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was, that was quite the staff, but that's, that's what they, you know, that's what it was like back then. But uh, in terms of, I think a lot of things, just the way they did things is, was innovative and, you know, obviously, Money wasn't that big back then, but they you know, had the latitude to do different things in the um, off-ice conditioning, which was not very big from a player standpoint. But um, they did all that stuff. It was great, and um, it was it was you know yeah. My dad did a lot of things like that, and but had a lot of support and help. But, um, I still remember just uh, after they won the cup in '74, and um, Bernie was a uh, Conn Smythe winner, I believe, MVP of the playoffs, and um, maybe he took a look at the car. But my dad had a incredible relationship with Bernie and it was, you know, he said, Bernie used to swing by the house and pick up my dad for practice sometime. And I would actually, <laughs> my dad would get a ride. I mean, he would. And then honestly, I remember your dad, Bernie would take me home, drop uh, off sometime. I mean, okay. That was pretty cool. I guess that everyone's like, you know, I don't know if, I hope I wasn't a backy driver, but at, you know, 12, 13, but they did all that, you know, it was really good. And, but when Bernie won the 
Cod Smythe in 74, he handed the keys to my dad to the car, and we got, Bernie gave us the car, and there it was, and I can't remember exactly what it was, but it's certainly not one of those uh, Mercedes or something like that these days, so. <laughs> I remember hearing oh, that story, um, yeah, that he, he generous the car and, and gave it to your dad, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's like when I saw your dad a few years ago. I was laughing. I was like, "Did you get it? Look at it first. And you said, "Damn, I don't want it, Freddie. You maybe use a car." <laughs> that was one of those things. So it was that was obviously quite generous and you know overly generous. So it was fantastic. Well, yeah, they had such a good relationship, like you said. I mean, um, and you mm -hmm. like you told me, which I didn't realize, you spent time down at our shore house in Wildwood when you were a kid. <laughs> yep. Yeah, well, yep. Um, I remember that, uh, what was that? You had the, the the small house there next to your big house. and um, But we were there two weeks, honestly. My brother and myself, my mom and dad, and um, and I, uh, the only part I've been to, down to the shore at that point was more Ocean City, and that was it. But that was, what a great time. And that, you know, of course, your dad, the avid fisherman, and we went out. It was like a Skilligan's Island. It was like a, it was a, like a three day. It was like a three day cruise we went out for. And honest to God, I was, and I was, I think I was, I don't know, thirteen or I don't know what I was, but man, oh man, it was sixty miles out. And my dad was so sick, and and you know, middle of the night, and boats going everywhere, and and your, Kevin, your dad sticks. Uh, he said to me, he's like, Rajon, how was your dad not doing that. He's sick as a dog. And, and he goes, okay, I'd be down in a minute. So he comes down, he sits his head down there, and he said, Freddie, are you okay? And my dad goes, ah, Bernie, I'm not doing too good. Maybe we should go back. And Bernie goes, Freddie, remember all those stops and starts you may be doing training camps? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, screw you. There's no goddamn way we're going back. And he had up it. That was it. So Bernie was pretty confident his position um when you're playing 90 percent of the games i guess but that was amazing and i remember a lot about it and i think it was a little white house or something like that yes. you had next to you the big one there so yeah that was yes there you go and <laughs> well, apparently they didn't we go didn't fishing with less than like two cases on the boat back then so <laughs> 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 can only imagine what kind <laughs> oh, of <laughs> oh yeah and um well i bet well i there was a there was a I mean, there might have been like eight, nine. Anyway, it's just like a three-day thing almost. And they had another captain uh, with him, which introduced me to him. I'm like, I did not know anything about boating. So, you know, hey, he, I remember your dad goes, I can't have a heart attack. I got another guy to, you know, drive the boat. And his brother, <laughs> like as you just said, probably when they drink 24 beers, you need a backup captain, you know. <laughs> yeah. So back in the day. <laughs> that was some. But we did. We caught um, La Tuna, and we caught one marlin, which your dad or whatever let me kind of relay this marlin. And all I remember for like two years, my arm was just, I think I'd lost feel uh, all my nerve damage. <laughs> it took like an hour to wheel that thing in. And I was like, can someone help me out here? I was like, oh boy, that was, that was rough. What a good time though. And pretty good memories. That's for sure. Yeah. What a great age. I, I, to be a I did not get it. We didn't get an invite from, from, from the favelas. I, I didn't get an invite from the favelas though. That's why I don't think so. <laughs> so sorry, Corey. <laughs> well, mm -hmm. I think the boat came with the cop, so maybe that was. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yes, that's yeah. true. That's yeah. true. Wow. It's funny that that's shore something. house is still there. That the little white one, Jesus. and it's all like big, huge houses all built around it now. Really? Everything was leveled, and but that one little house is still standing there on the bay in Wildwood. Are you kidding me? Yeah. 
Oh my God. Really? I love driving by. Wow, maybe I can it. afford that little one. A lot of fun. Really? I'll yeah. have to get that address next time I'm down there to see exactly where that was. Yeah. I remember that the little house, not too much about the bigger one and but I remember the big boat and that was a what a great time. Right on the water there. A lot <laughs> of fun. Yeah, so that was great. Jeez. <laughs> I love they brought a backup driver. <laughs> in case oh, that, I mean, <laughs> I don't know if I would have wanted I mean, to be on the boat. All these years later, all yeah. these years later, I believe Bertie saying, "Yeah, hey kid, if I have a heart attack, I'm gonna this guy will drive the boat." Well, I didn't know until like now that yeah. it was probably because of the 24 beer, right? So, <laughs> uh, have the backup driver. <laughs> yeah, my mom said that they was, would go out on the boat and she though. wouldn't see him for days, like just out in the ocean, oh, beer, God. and yeah. I mean. <laughs> I, I don't know why you have to go out 60 some miles for three days and I, I mean oh that's where you I get the marlin out the there the dock. oh the marlin got the marlin out there that's for sure yeah. well you know um i didn't really want to I, I didn't think i had to reel it in for an hour or two so but that's the way it was but that was what a great experience though and um it was fun so you how old were you when you left philly you were around 16 you said uh, I was 16, yeah, 16. So my dad, uh, after it was there seven years, so I was 16 years old. I, I was at Camden Catholic, a freshman, sophomore year, okay, um, uh, yeah. 9th, 10th grade, whatever you call it back then, at Camden Catholic. And um, so after my 10th grade year, my dad obviously goes to the Rangers. And that's when you know I was going to go into 11th grade. And I hated the Rangers so bad. like. <laughs> Like, I didn't want to live the arc. Like I mean, at sixteen, I mean, like, so it actually worked out great for me because I had a, a bunch of my friends that I knew that I played hockey with, little flyers. They were going to uh, New Hampshire to a prep school, which I knew nothing about prep school, but I knew one thing: it was had to be out there better to go to school in the arc because we want to do that. Um, so I was, yeah, I was sixteen, sixteen. Um, but I was, I was so lucky though, just nine to sixteen, and remember so much about you know, everything, all the little stuff, and. I was very fortunate that way and to be around it and it was great. But yeah, at six to uh, seven years there to 16, um, I was 16 when we went to the Rangers and, um, you know, that was a, that was a tough one. Oh, but sure. anyway, uh, then I, hit, then I hated the flyers. Cause of course, whoever your dad's with, I guess that's your team. Right. right. So, yeah. so, um, anyway, that was, that was, was some fun years. Yeah. yeah, I was so little when they won the cup. I was two, so I don't. I was home with my grandma for the parade. I wasn't even in the parade. Like my brothers really? were, they were on like the kids' bus or whatever. I was oh home. yeah, I was on the same bus. So you were on the bus yeah, at Bernie the and Chuck bus. then. Oh, absolutely. I wonder if they tell the same stories. I remember obviously <laughs> two million people, but I, I mean, two million people. But I'm telling you, that's when streaking was it, right? So my <laughs> bed so was on. And that bus, that bus, I'll never forget it. Like you're basically not even moving, obviously, in past city hall and whatever. And we had this, you know, this, this bus. It was one of the flat nose ones. And I'll never forget. I was sitting like one or two rows behind the bus driver. And we're at standstill, obviously. People are on top of the bus. It's crazy. And this one guy, like Spider Man, jumps on top of, on the front of the windshield, basically. And, <laughs> But he's he's butt naked, got nothing on. And I, like, uh, I the bus driver. Everybody's like, "What the heck?" The bus driver see this before because he just like really, and he just threw his the, the wipers on and just there's a wipers on. So they were the bus. Yeah, that's that's anyway, so flying off the 
windshield. I was like, Jesus, wow, this is nuts. And uh, yeah, that was those parades. I'll tell you, a lot different was, than they are now. Okay, that was <laughs> oh, it's crazy. And actually, it's funny because I I think it was Joe Cadillac. Um, get back to him for a second. Just I remember. I don't know if you've seen that, Kim, but. I have, but uh, I only saw it uh, maybe a year ago. Uh, it might have been from 76 or 77, a picture of my dad, Bernie, and Muhammad Ali. Oh, yes. I, I ha have yep. that picture. We yeah. have that picture. I, never, I didn't see that till like a year ago. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. That's a like, great that picture. Was, that was great. That's a great picture. And I just saw that. So that was pretty good. And just the style nice, your nice dad stuff, was so. like so stylish with his suits and his glasses. Like, it was just so cool. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was. It, uh, you look back at that, I mean, the, he had the titted sunglasses, yeah. Fu Manchu, and <laughs> like, I don't know. I mean, back in the day, I mean, all those clothes, as I say, came back in style. Because remember, it was Jack Lang. That yeah. was a place, you know, you either get Tasty Cake if they scored a hat trick or uh -huh. whatever they did, or they got a gift certificate at Jack Lang Clothes, which much of that's still around. But that was, that's a pretty, I'm pretty sure Joe Cadillac got a lot of perks you know i'm not sure joe joe's like yeah well a couple suits for me probably and uh yeah i'll take one of those cars and <laughs> yeah, get sure. it. And, but he always took care of the players and he was the first phone call for everybody to make when they got in trouble on the road so that was it yeah um that was that was fun times well we had a whole freezer but my mom actually bought a, a full stand-up freezer for all the tasty cakes uh -huh. <laughs> i was just gonna say that we had so many tasty cakes <laughs> Our neighbors in Cherry Hill, I guess, loved us because they had a, a bunch of kids, and that's every day in their their school lunches were tasty cakes. My dad, I guess, would just fill them up with tasty cakes, oh. and they loved it. <laughs> it's so they funny, were, up tasty cakes. <laughs> that is like that was. I mean, you go to the locker room, that old locker room of the Spectrum, and in the back, that was boxes of this stuff. And I'm, they like, I'm saying to my dad, like. Is anybody taking us home? Like we're looking pretty good to me. Like I guess guys would get it. Like, they was like, "Hey, whatever." <laughs> um, I don't think I had too much of the tasty cake, but when you did it, was they were good. Oh yeah, <laughs> really good. Yeah, they I were love tasty, them. <laughs> you know, that was oh, they're still around, right? Oh yeah, the old tasty cakes. Yeah, they sure are. Wow, well, we just gave them a good plug. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> no and. Maybe I don't think Jack Lane closes around though. I don't think yeah. so. Right? No. Oh my head. I no, doubt the sure. locker rooms well, in 2021 have tasty cakes or any kind of junk food sitting in them. Yeah, that's that's what sucks about the game today. Let me tell you. <laughs> Back in the day, when yeah. my dad would, was coaching, your dad's your dad. Yeah. Go ahead. They use training camp to well, actually get back in shape, <laughs> you know, like now they train all year round, yeah. you know? It's, yeah. Oh, it's crazy. I remember you see some of those letters from Punch In Locker or whatever in 67, 68, the players for training camp for the Leafs, and you're expected to be able to do 20 setups, 20 jumping jacks, and, you know, basically <laughs> 25 knee bends. <laughs> and uh, multiply with skates, but not cigarettes, come on to camp. And yeah. that was crazy. But back, honestly, when I, my dad was coaching uh, your dad's, I mean, yeah, talk about the locker room now, obviously, all it is is everything's organic. Like, but everything's free to the players. You feed them day and night. But they had, you had the tasty cake. And then back then, there was two huge garbage cans. I think they were metal garbage cans with a green plastic bag. And after games, or they would just load it up with cold beer and <laughs> at the games guys would you know do their interviews drink beer and uh take 
three, four. You know, obviously, that thankfully, I guess that's the way it is now. But they grabbed and threw it in their tent, trench coat, three to four, and they made it over the Walton and the bridge somehow and made it to Rexies <laughs> for probably more, right? But but that was the yeah that was back in the day, and um, yeah, they had the tasty cakes and the cold beer. And cigarettes. They and, all smoked. Listen, they, and, and <laughs> cigarettes. And, yeah. and um, yeah, cigarettes. And, well, you got to work back then. Yeah. Well, my dad right? said his best games were work. always on a hangover. So. <laughs> Holy <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> oh, man. Like, I, I, remember, right. um, I remember my dad telling me after, after warm-ups, he said players would have six or seven Cokes by then. Like, and that was just before the game. And the amount oh. of sugar and, you know, that's, it, it's funny because today's day and age, the, like the health and uh, everything goes into it back then. He's like, yeah, I had six mm-hmm. Cokes before, before the game even started. <laughs> <laughs> it, well, that was like, that was, I mean, like Gary Dornhopper was, I remember reading something he had said that, you know, long after his playing career was over, but, you know, just, you know, he played hurt all the time, Dorney, he was always bandaged up and getting injected and. And, I'll, and he goes, but when a game day, he just said, I'd have three really high-test cups of coffee in a row. And right before, after, or after warm-up, and then he goes, I go down that runway and 70,000 back then, 70,000 and seven do the rest for me. And that's how he did it, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a lot of, um, you know, that's, yeah, I, I can't, I mean, the way it was back then. Um, but those were, you know, that's the way it was. It was great, and um, yeah. that's why the great stories. And, and I think, I think from that too. I think it was nineteen seventy-five or seventy-six. The, the first uh, Robin Herman, her name was the first uh, female reporter, was allowed in the locker room um, in Montreal. The All Star game. My dad her in. So what the heck? And then she became the first regular to be in the locker room. So that kind of changed everything. So they got wow, quite a of the beer, the tasty story. cake. Yeah, Rob. Yeah, Robin Herman, and her name was and. Um, yeah, so she was the first, which is kind of cool. So, um, you know, that was even back in 75 or 76. That was really neat. I was going to say that back in the 70s, like, that was probably a big deal. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. Oh, that was. I mean, honestly, I mean, well, put it this way. She probably, I mean, got the same treatment or picture as uh, Corey got back in, the, in yeah, Buffalo. Yeah, I was going to say. Those guys <laughs> I mean, back then, I mean, now, of course, I mean, obviously, I mean, women which is fantastic and but you know everything set up lockers are designed like obviously because of you know showers here they have your changing area and um everybody's got you know robes and all that stuff but back then i mean it wasn't that way there was no robes and they were just (laughs) yeah they were basically and um but you know they that was you know great coverage and you know you know you're (laughs) <laughs> getting bigger as a team, I guess, or more important if you got the, I think she was, might have been with the New York Times, I believe, or something like that. So New York Times, uh, from the Flyers, reliably, probably. But. I love that. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, Ray, I had a couple of questions for you. Bring, you, were, you were a good hockey player. You put up some good numbers back in university, and you were actually drafted. What um, I just wanted to know, like, just because mm-hmm. you know, I played hockey, and there was, you know, I always wanted to be a goalie. And at twelve mm-hmm. years old, I had a problem with my knee, mm-hmm. so I had, I had to become a forward. And what um, I just wanted to see what you know, what's kind of the background of you? You look like you put up some good numbers. Mm-hmm. You're drafted to the LA Kings. Mm-hmm. What? Um, mm-hmm. How did you kind of get out of the and figure? Hey, GM coaching—that's um, yeah. sort of your avenue. Well, it was, um, 
I think it was kind of like you. I was I remember living in Cherry Hill. I was 12 and I wanted to be a goalie too. <laughs> and I was so, you know, I would die in street hockey all the time. And my dad, I mean, I don't, he didn't put much thought into it. But when I kept bugging me, he, he kept telling me, right, John, the equipment's way too expensive. <laughs> so, can't afford it. I'm like, what? Like, are you getting goalie equipment? Okay, so I had to play forward. But now I, I went to St. Lawrence <laughs> University, upstate New York. And actually, uh, Mike Keenan, obviously the former flyer coach, Mike went to St. Lawrence and Shark Martin, guys like that. And, um, oh, wow. But I, yeah, I played at St. Lawrence and I uh, was drafted by LA after my sophomore year, but I didn't yeah. even play my sophomore year, but I came back and, uh, you know, had three good years and uh, was drafted. And I think it was um, when I got out of school, it would have been like 80, 1985 or so. And, um, you know, going to training camp and actually it was funny because Pat Quinn was the head coach of the, the LA Kings at the time. So that was funny. Huh. And, um, but then after, so, you know, I had all my friends were working on Wall Street. And so I interviewed down there a bunch of places and, had one or two job offers, which I, I don't know why to take it, but I ended up moving to Boston and I got in the player agent business for six years. And then um, when Ottawa, the Ottawa Centers got the, uh, with Tampa Bay in 1992, came in the NHL expansion, um, it was the center actually, the, he was the president, GM Randy Sexton. Um, I, I went to school at St. Lawrence and played hockey with him. And um, he, I think I was 30 years old. He was the one gave me my first opportunity in 93 to, as assistant GM in Ottawa. But that was my connection through St. Lawrence and, um, you know, with Randy. But at the same time, you know, it was one of those things that six years prior to the agent business and contracts and CBA, that was great. But it certainly, that was a great move for me because nothing better than being with a team versus an agent business. So, um, but that's, you know, certainly how from St. Lawrence to six years in the agent business and then when I was 30 years old, 93, get into the NHL. Um, which was fantastic, and um, but that was a, a connection uh, through St. Lawrence Rocky, and which you know, was nice. Uh, and we're still lifelong friends. I still to this day, mm-hmm. the que- like Kim and I used to always talk about what's the question you get asked the most uh, growing up. And I, everywhere I went, and you know, was introduced, everybody asked me, "Oh, were you a goalie? And where did you play?" <laughs> so it was like, "Well, you know," I, and my dad always says, "That ah, should have been a goalie." Yeah. <laughs> so. <laughs> Guess I should have been a goalie, but anyway, that was. Uh, yeah, did you I was want just to be curious. coach, right? Be goalie, oh, man. Speaking of that, like, did you want to be a coach well, like your dad? I don't. I mean, I don't think so. I maybe I, I you know, I kind of helped my kids' teams when they were younger and stuff like that. But I never, it never was a passion of mine for some reason. I don't know why. I mean, um, and the management thing was something you know that evolved for me, but coaching, not really. And and, and it's so funny because I remember you know and now. Back when growing up, it used to be a house. Now it's USA Hockey, obviously. And um, but now with USA Hockey, you know, the you know, level one to five, five being the highest, uh, your coaching certificate, you have to have at least basically a three or something like that. So I think it, when I was at Pittsburgh, we won the cup in 2009, and in Detroit, and I'll never forget it after the game. Um, it's kind of my probably I'm lucky I didn't coach because Dan Balsma was our, our our coach. Then Dan came in in February and had an incredible run in 25 games and through the playoffs and, and so after you know we're in the locker room the cup and all that stuff and he tried for after game seven for an hour whatever it is i just walked out of the locker room, went to the you know behind the the bench where the the penguin the jolo serena and the arena was empty and i'm just behind the bench and just look at my phone like i just beat these guys and win the cup it was hard to believe and then all of a sudden dan balsma our head coach walked out and we looked at each other holy cow like wow and 
I said, Dan, let me ask you something. Like, I hired you a few months ago and never really did a formal interview. Like, do you have like a, do you have a level, do you have a certificate level of uh, coaching certificate from USA Hockey? And he goes, yeah, of course. He got three. I'm like, Jesus I, Christ, I got a four, level four, for God's sakes. What the heck? So I just got a coach that wins a cup. He's got a level three. And I got a level four for doing nothing. I got like two drills in my rapid spot, right? So no, I don't think coaching was going to be in my bag. I still have the same two drills. And um, I can't find my skate, so that's okay. Um no, that was that was yeah, so I don't I don't think so, Kim. Never really yeah, never got there. <laughs> but how great, you know, you experienced your dad winning the cup as a kid and then you know, you yeah. become GM and you get to experience it yourself, I'm mm-hmm. sure. Um yeah. it must have been surreal. Yeah. That was I mean it was the same thing, Kim, where you know, I got two boys at the time in 09, they were it was ten, twelve or whatever it was, and and they remember that and experience that and no different than, than myself and yeah. um they could go to the parade, and they, you know, poor Kim was only two, couldn't go to the parade. So, um, <laughs> but it might have been the safest thing not going to that parade. So, yeah. um, I don't know if I would have wanted to see that guy flying something. across the windshield. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, I honestly got I mean, that was, that was hard to forget. Yeah. You know, um, I don't know if I was more impressed by that guy jumping up there like Spider Man sticking the windshield or. More impressed with the calm demeanor the bus driver had <laughs> just, just turning on that. The guy on. Yeah, like it just like I don't think I was I don't think honestly the first time it's happened that guy reacted like it anyway. Because I remember the guy goes flying off and all of us like the bus above it, we're all like, holy cow. Like that guy would fly. We got a badass bus driver, that's for sure. Philly <laughs> no one else jumped on our windshield you know? though. <laughs> Philly in the 70s. No one else is jumping on our windshield. That was great. Yeah. Oh boy. Do your do your oh, boys man. play? That was yeah, my wife, well, my two boys are 25 and 22, and then um, my son was at Boston College and, and played there, and then nice. uh, my other boy is at uh, Junior at Connecticut College, and um, and he plays there, so they um, they really got involved in it, and just like me, they were kind of rink grass, like the beer on the rink, and, but no different than you know, my mom and dad were with me, you know, that was with them, and so they both, you know, at Boston College and now Connecticut, they both great schools, but um, I'm very happy that they, you know, played soccer lacrosse and hockey and different things and, and met a lot of different kids along the way so they both done very well but they did play and um it's, it was kind of cool to see them grow up and, and do that i'm sure and yeah great schools both of them how, how old is how old is bernie now and how old's that uh, doug because i of course i was like i was when i texted with kim earlier in the week or something like that uh they pulled him uh grew up in philly uh, when he was young and because his dad was a jam flyers bud paul he sent uh, David and I worked for David. I was just a national for eight years, and David's you know a good friend and my mentor basically. But I remember he had he was in Florida where he has a place. I think it was about a year or two ago. And David out of the blue just sent me a picture and said, "Hey Ray, I got, you don't know who I'm with in this picture." And I looked at it and I went back. I said, "Well, David, I believe you're the one on the left, and um, that's Doug Favell on the right." And he's, he's like, "You're good. You're good." I go, "Christ, you look great." No, I mean it was like I don't know. And uh, it's so funny how that picture I made Doug, and I was like, "Yep." didn't take me long to recognize him. It, it was funny because we were at, um, I was at a dinner with my dad maybe two years ago and um, PK, mm-hmm. Subban's, PK Subban's dad, Carl Subban was at our table. And um, I think yeah. David Poyle, there was a big connection. So I looked over and, and Carl's taking a picture with my dad and he was sending it to David to say, Hey, here, I'm at a dinner with uh, Doug Favell, and that was the connection through through the Poils. It was, it was funny, so that might have been the really? picture. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he's, a, he's a very nice guy. I'm very impressed with, uh, with PK's dad. He's a great guy. Yeah. yeah, but that is funny, like, in terms of 
connection as well. And um, Corey, where do you live now? Uh, I'm in St. Catharines, Ontario. So I'm about 20 minutes from the border. Oh, you're in St. Okay, got it. Yeah. So that's yeah, uh, nice. Nice. We, uh, my dad retired mm -hmm. in Colorado, so we stayed out in Colorado for about mm -hmm. another another 10 years, and then uh, moved back really? to St. Catharines, Ontario. So that's where we've where we've been since. Where so. in Colorado? Where you? Where in Colorado? I played minor hockey at uh, Denver University, the Junior Pioneers, wow. and yeah. mm -hmm. we lived about 45 minutes up in the mountains. So mm -hmm. <laughs> it was the wow. It, it, yeah, and man, I give my I give my mom and dad credit because I played hockey, and uh, the the mm -hmm. home rink the home rink was 45 minutes away, all the way down in Denver. So it was uh, yeah, it was, really? it, it, was it, it was neat. But that's what I always talk to Kim about. You know, she grew up in Philly cup mm -hmm. winning, you know, her dad and everything. It's like, well, I was on a mountain in Colorado. Nobody even knew what hockey was. And <laughs> everybody played football and soccer. And that's when I moved mm -hmm. back to, to Canada, I'd never played lacrosse. And um, mm -hmm. people were like, wow, you don't play lacrosse? I'm like, well, at 15, it's kind of tough to start. Everyone's way ahead. So, um, yeah, I never right. really – I didn't get to play lacrosse. And, uh, like I said, I, I veered off from being the goalie. So <laughs> – <laughs> that's not so bad but i remember no. so when your dad your dad was in when your dad was in colorado what happened what was your what was your a couple of years i can't remember um yeah. how long did he play for colorado uh three years three years i can't yeah. remember it was first or second you remember i think it was 77 maybe the playoffs like when they played philly colorado yeah. played philly yeah and back remember the old best of three <laughs> yeah. It was the best of three, right? And honestly, God, the, I mean, the, it was back then. It was like one versus sixteen, right? There were sixteen teams. So I think yeah. the Flyers might have been first overall. So they played, you know, the last seeded team, yeah. or sixty to the twenty-one of the playoffs. And um, man, that's pretty good. Um, only five teams missed, but um, you're, yeah, it was the best of three. And I think the first game was in Philadelphia. He stood on his head. It went to overtime. <laughs> I and think, yeah, Philadelphia shot Colorado like six. Uh, 18 and it went to overtime and you lose a game you're going to colorado for game two and you're you lose what you're, you're out it's the best of three so they yeah. players won in overtime and then they go to colorado for the second barely beat in the second game you're destined to i'm like this is gonna be good if they lose <laughs> the 16 seed team and but the best of three i think it happened like i mean it was amazing your dad played incredible and well, that was that was it and that was but i still remember but I was growing up in Philadelphia, uh, playing for the Wolf Flyers, and I had a really great coach, and his name was Bud uh, Prowl. And but Bud was uh, his son Mark and I were tight, and um, Bud was one of the gold judges for the Flyers for ever, and since day one. And I still remember. I think it was 71, 72. I don't. I was. You know, weren't many people at the game that game or something in Philly. I remember. I stuck down section C and I, I was sitting behind because, you know, I was dog football was down this one, the one end and Bud, my coach was a goal judge and I was trying to get his attention, but he's looking at me like, what do you, like, he's got to keep his, I'm like, Hey, <laughs> and I still remember, I never got it. He wouldn't wave to me. He wouldn't wave to me. I'm like, I guess he's, I said, have a good game uh, yesterday. Yes. But he would look at me and I still remember like, this is no fun. And next they're, I'll never forget. They're playing Chicago. It might have been 71, 72. And they had Dennis Hall and Bobby Hall. They both could shoot the buck like 100 miles an hour. Yeah. And I was, and Bobby or Dennis comes down the wing and just blew one by your dad, Corey. Just, <laughs> and I remember after the game, said to your dad said, like, geez, you did that. Like, to me, I, I was like nine or 10 years old. I'm like, I don't think, I think, I don't think he was in a net. 
Like he saw him wind up and and he said after he goes, yeah, that I wasn't letting that thing hit me. That's for goddamn sure. So I was, <laughs> I went back to section section twenty one. So that was it. Uh, Bud Prowl wouldn't wave to me, and uh, your dad got the hell out of the way of Bobby yeah. Dennis Hall slap shot, which which is why he's still alive, I guess. Yeah. So <laughs> crazy. Yeah. So that was a big was fail nuts. all around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, that was well. Actually, you can look at it that way, but maybe if he's done get hit, yeah, that's actually a good thing. You know, live to fight another day. <laughs> mm. So, do you have a favorite uh, or one that really stands out in memory of of oh. Doug or my dad? A certain moment. Um, well, I mean, Doug, I, Doug was there the, my my dad's first year, so I was nine, ten years old. But of course, I mean, well, with Doug, I mean, I mean, his personality. Number one, every goalie back then just would stand up, and you see the goalie, the goal they get scored on in the seventies. Basically, they're just standing there. But you know, Doug, I remember that was so cool. I'm like. This guy's got an orange mask, and <laughs> and I remember saying to Jim McKenzie, I mean, I because I would get in the locker room and your dad, I mean, your dad, I would ask him like, Mister, I always call everybody Mister, like, hey, Mister Favell, like, can I try your mask on? <laughs> yeah, sure, kid, whatever. I mean, go ahead. And I was so into it, man. That that I think it was an extra, but it had the starburst one. I was so into that, and I remember saying to Jim McKenzie, I was like, hey, Mister McKenzie, like, is can, can you paint some of my equipment like orange like that? And I, yeah, so the next day I show up and Jim McKenzie, I, what a wonderful guy. I must have bugged the heck out of him. But, and he goes, Ray Sean, I got your, I got your stuff. I'm like, I'm thinking he painted my helmet orange or gave me a mask or I don't know. Well, next thing you know, I looked okay. like I was going to play for the California Golden Seals. I remember they had the white skates. Well, he painted my skates <laughs> black and orange. They're orange. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I'm nine or ten years old. I'm playing that Radnor Rink, right? Remember Radnor Rink, that little thing? And I'm getting – I'm nine or ten. I mean, I mean, obviously, I've, I've already been told that, you know, share out. You're an old man if a bell blew it. Now I'm wearing orange skates. <laughs> I was going to probably get mocked again. It was horrible. But Jimmy took care of me and like, he thought, hey, that's what I wanted because your dad had the orange mask. And probably probably the first one, obviously, with a colored mask. And then, of course, you know, Bernie got the two flyer things there. But the Starburst, yeah. whatever. And uh, but it, it, <laughs> It's hard to believe those, guys, those two guys honestly played so, I mean, so connected, I mean, through their careers and stuff. Because their styles could have been more different. Like Bernie was a stand, stand-up guy, and certainly like your dad obviously had success doing it. Uh, Doug Pavel was basically playing with uh, snowshoes in there because he was all over the place, like Tony Osito. <laughs> but he was flamboyant. Like he was, you know, it was yeah. it was tough. And I mean, I don't know how they did it back then with the equipment they wore. And you see after the game, some of the you know drinking beer in the stall after the game or something. And, you see their equipment, like you wouldn't put your I mean, your kids in net these days without the playing like, high school. Like it looked horrible. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it was. Uh, but then and with, with Birdie, obviously, Birdie was just, you know, that was probably five years with it, and obviously, um, it was. It wasn't so much all the. Those are the easy things. Like, uh, you know, Bernie was always so great to me. And I really, what's really great though, like, when my father's inducted the NHL, uh, the Hall of Fame in 13, and the whole, you know, Flyer team was up. And, uh, and I've seen Bernie quite a bit. And it's, you know, and it's, that's what I think is so great. And, um, 
you know, anyway, it's just all those things that the, the memories more than anything. And um, with learning and I don't know, it's just, you know, I follow him on Twitter and all that stuff. And I'm pretty sure he doesn't tweet that all that stuff himself. And, <laughs> You're um, right. <laughs> but everything like it's uh, like, that's the, that's the way to do it. Um, but he's, but, but with both, I mean, it was just fantastic. And it's, you have those things cause you have the, you know, the same the equipment manager, the same um, coach. They had uh, cakes. They all those things growing up. But for me, growing up seven years like that, <clears throat> I was around the locker room all the time, and they always treated me fantastic. And um, you know, and I remember as I was saying, like sometimes your dad would give me, you know, Bernie would give me a ride home from practice and drop me off, and you know, my buddies are playing street hockey in my driveway, and they're like, "Who's that?" I'm like, "Oh, that's uh, Bernie Perron." <laughs> no, seriously, who is it? <laughs> That's Bernie. Um, I go, Mr. Perron. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, that's, I, I don't think your dad made me wear seatbelt, though. That's for sure. Back then. That was so, awesome. Uh, yeah, that would be, that was, um, I don't know. It's, well, it's, it's, you remember those things. And, you know, I remember we had a dog first. First dog we ever had, Bobby Clark gave it a, this white Samoyed. And, um, I don't know. My dad named it, actually. I don't have no idea how he came, but Cherry Bell, like Cherry. I have no idea. My mom was like, <laughs> like Sherry Bell, like Sherry Bell. And of course, my dad was like, nah, nah, Cherry for Cherry Hill and Bell for Liberty Bell. Oh, okay. that's cute. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, so I'm not sure exactly what the true story was, but um, but th those are the things. And um, But again, I mean, growing up like that, and even as we're talking about two weeks down, you know, down in Wildwood and uh, with your family and um like, hey where, where were you guys two weeks i missed like five ba little like baseball games and i'm like ah down the shore where you at uh bernie Brown's house yeah but where were you <laughs> okay no seriously <laughs> it's funny though how just hearing you talk how we all back mm. then everyone was mr and mrs like it was never oh bobby it was mr clark or you know it was just how it was back yeah. then you know it's just it's so different now not, not kim not for everybody not for everybody. No. <laughs> I still remember. It's funny you say that. No, it's funny you say that. I still remember, you know, because remember, I mean, after games, um, waiting for, you know, my my mom would be in the what director's room, and you know, with you know Mr. Snyder and you know the Keith Allen and then Joyce and all that, and um, you know, we'd be outside waiting and playing like um, uh, hockey, like you know, with our feet on whatever, and. Um, it was Jason, actually, Jay Snyder, Jay, you know, Jay and um, I can't remember his uh, Craig, his brother, and like Lindy, I can't, they'd all they were on the floor rolling around, the kick save and all that stuff. And the players were <laughs> walking by after the game, and we're just uh, sitting there. And it was like, oh, you, you had, you know, that connection, and you know, with, with Mr. Snyder down there. And but I'd be in the locker room like after games, and or I just could be in my dad's office, a little tiny office, and and I. I walk out to get a coat like that, and the, the press is in there, and the players after a game, and and uh, Mr. Snyder's in there. Jay, Jay is, if I'm 11 or 12, he's got to be 13 or 14 or whatever. Jay's like, like well, owner, the son of the owner. Hey, Bobby, how you doing? <laughs> Bertie, what's going on? Hey, can I have a stick? I'm like, he called everybody their first name, but I guess that was the way it was. And the owner's son, you know. And it's funny you said that, Kim, because I was always the same, like Mr. McKenzie, Mr. Mm -hmm. Lonsbury, Mr. Pot, Mr. Bell, can you? Please, then thank you. That was it. And then, I mean, I don't know. It, I don't know. Sugar's supposed to go get you further than spice, but right. I try to be nice. And next thing you know, Jay's like, 
hey, by the whatever. And he's walking up with the sticks and gloves and that's funny. Jersey and Jay's but, great. Yeah, he he's great. a great fun, guy. Though. Jay's awesome. Yeah, and Mr. I caught up with him at Mr. Snyder's uh, funeral, and it was really good to catch up with him. But um, but that was That's looking back at that, and so, not surprisingly, he becomes president of the of the team later on. So, right. Um, hey, that's got to be tough. He's Thirteen. That's got to got to be tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that'd be a tough one. I think when when uh, you know Bob, Bob Clark was you know fired by the Flyers as GM, that'd be a, I think Jay was the president. That'd be a tough thing to do. Um, maybe that's what he called him. Hey, Mr. Clark, come into my office. Yeah, that's a tough one. <laughs> I mean, that's a tough one, but yeah, um, that's really amazing, though. It really is. But yeah, Mr. That's the way it was back then, and that's probably the nice way to do it. Yeah, I remember. Not that Jay's right was wrong. Trust me, <laughs> <laughs> Ray. I remember my dad uh, tells a story when uh, his last year when he's with the Firebirds, uh, Glenn Sather was out in Edmonton, and my dad was ready to retire, and he said, "Hey, for you know." For forty grand, I'll give you forty grand. Come out, be the third goalie, and um, what are you paying the first goalie? Jeez. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, let's I say there was Ron Lowe and 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 and, and Eddie Mio, but um, oh yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, like I said, he uh, was was going to camp, and um, Ace Bailey um, picked him up at the airport in Edmonton, and. Mm-hmm. Little blonde, little blonde guy with them got out of the car and said, "Hey, Mister Favell, you can have the front seat." Well, it was Wayne Gretzky, and uh, he says, <laughs> "He just called me Mister Favell." He said, "Hey, hey, Ace, I think it's time for me to retire." <laughs> so, so there you go. Wayne Gretzky was calling, that's you know, Mister Favell, and that. So, well, so that was that was great. So my dad awesome. ended up. He ended up retiring. He, I think, he, he joked. He said, "Well, I've, I'm still on my six year deal with Colorado, so maybe they'll pay me to." to sit in the mountains. So he came back and uh, he, he ended up retiring, but um, it was neat. Well, it's, Wayne Gretzky was, you know, calling him Mr. Favelle. <laughs> Favel. Holy crap. That's funny. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. And that's Wayne Gretzky. He even said Mr. Huh? Hmm. Yeah. Well, that's, I'm like, that's wow. That's pretty so, good. Yeah, yeah, that is pretty so. good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Where's everybody living? Where's, I'm still, like, I'm in, right outside of Cherry Hill that, still. Where are you? Okay. And St. Catharines and uh, Boston. Oh, okay. Yeah. Boston, Have you been yeah, there? Boston is kind of home, home. All right. Yeah. Um, when, yeah, when I got out of college, I lived in Boston for six years and then um, always, whatever, the, um, you know, kids going to the, both my kids went to prep school in New Hampshire and then uh, one to Boston College. But so I think it was 2015 or so. We, that, um, when we sold our house in Pittsburgh, we, like, I went to New Jersey. Yeah, we always would have that home base and it was, it was Boston. So, um, we've been in Boston full time for like six years, something like that. So it's a fantastic city. Great city. So are your boys, are they Bruins fans or Pittsburgh? Mm-hmm. Where, <laughs> how does that work? No, I think, um, uh, well, I'm not sure what my young Kyle, who's at Connecticut, I'm not sure what, uh, Kyle's actually, uh, he's a junior, but he's actually, um, doing a, a little, uh, stuff for Columbus Blue Jackets, an internship during the season, which is kind of cool. Nice, um, nice. and then Chris, uh, Chris, yeah, Chris, uh, my son was at Boston college. He's been up for two or three years now. He's, um, he lives in Boston, but he's, uh, scouting. He's an amateur scout for, um, New Jersey, which is awesome. And it's probably better when I got gas there, it's probably better off him <laughs> there than without me, but I didn't hire, I didn't know we hired him. I, it was Tom Fitzgerald and, Paul Castro and Dan McKinnon hired him. I didn't even know they hired him. And next thing you know, but I'm happy. Oh, he's awesome. really passionate about doing a good job. And but they're, you know, uh, but he's living in Boston, and um, 
And uh, so I, I would have to say he better be a fan of the Devils. <laughs> I yeah. guess to be working for him. <laughs> and uh, Kyle, um, whoever last one, Kyle is smart enough to, that's his favorite team. So um, that's it. But they, I mean, it, which is so cool that, you know, all the stuff that they can all look back and, you know, like we can to see, I can look back and see your dad's play goal or some of the old films besides being there. But they, you know, they know the whole history of the Flyers and how that impacted life and my family's life. And um, they, they love that. And they love the fact that, you know, when we went in 09 in Pittsburgh and then you finally get the cup and you, the first thing they did is to look the, for their grandpa's name. Um, and then they found mine and they thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. But um, they're, they're like us growing up. You have some great memories, and unfortunately, um, a lot of those good things are they went around. And they they weren't they never had a chance to meet my, my father who passed away. Night uh, my mom passed away in 2010, but they got to know my my mom very very well. And but um, all the great things about the flies is going to live on forever. And um, they know that you know our our dads had a lot to do with with that. And but we're very lucky to be part of it as well so um you know so they're part flyer fans at some point that's for sure mm -hmm. especially with chuck fletcher's now the gm that chuck's a been a good friend of ours and a good friend of our, our kids and um so i'm sure they're rooting for him i love that uh now they're in the in the hockey mm -hmm. world too yeah it's just all mm -hmm. the generation mm -hmm. and even um my other business biscuit mm -hmm. teas didn't uh you got a couple of my t-shirts mm -hmm. when you were up in uh in um new jersey but um <laughs> And that's kind of a hockey theme thing, it's, and then doing this. So it's kind I know, of fun it's fantastic. to just stay in the that. hockey world. I think you know? that's fantastic. Mm -hmm. That's um, you guys will all your connections. You'll have plenty of opportunity for guests. That's for sure. Um, you know, both you guys have those connections and and stories, and everybody loves to share them. That's for sure. And growing up around those times, but so Jack Lang, Tasty Cake, and <laughs> cold beer in the garbage can after games <laughs> that's good that's nice well it's and, fun to hear and, like and, and, go ahead i'm sorry go ahead oh no and, and number four we got number four kim what's that up uh, <laughs> tv froze there for a second i said number four was uh, you said by the, the the the, cr the crush I had your mom or something like that. That's number four. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that is a small world. Holy cow! Uh, I just have one la one last thing for you, Ray. Um, mm -hmm. You've had a great success in, with your career. What's what's in store for the future? You, you you still got lots left in you, or just gonna relax for a little while? Well, I think I do, but I think I do. But at the same time, I mean, um, you know, I just assistant GM in the NHL for 13 years and a GM for 13 years and yeah. I was really fortunate and I was always passionate about it. I never worked a day as an assistant GM to be a GM never did I that happened I guess um you know it's we'll see what happens down the line but I'm fortunate I still have time left in my contract with Jersey and yeah. um you know it's and I remember my dad used to always say you know as a coach maybe that was why after seven years or whatever it's more of a you need even back then he said everybody needs like a sabbat or something like that and i don't disagree with it like that's a pretty much but if my dad were alive i say i tell him like yeah i agree with the sabbatical thing but now they called it getting fired but um <laughs> everybody needs a sabbatical but i'll tell you one thing it's a lot better if you're still getting paid i'll tell you that so yeah uh, i'm passionate I'm, I'm passionate uh, yeah for sure but i'm passionate about the game and even yeah. when because you're if you're not officially with a team it's awesome because you know talking 
the different managers around that you they have a lot of information that they're obviously won't share and you're not with a team but you have that connection with guys still but you know yeah. i'm passionate about the we'll see what happens um you know it's it's a good especially with where the pandemic is and what's going on the last year it's a pretty probably time wise a good good time to for this to happen so we'll see what happens but it's been it's been great so far from since i was a kid till yeah. went through awesome. management and you know leads me to have this uh, conversation with you guys which is our connection which is fun <laughs> yeah once you have that that in your blood you know it's kind of hard to just you know it's growing mm-hmm. up the way that you did and we did you know it's just Mm-hmm. It's a part of yeah. who you are. <laughs> well, exactly. And yeah, so yeah. And when I start stopped getting when I started getting dropped off by just somebody, or my neighbors really disappointed. That wasn't Bernie? No? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't it. So that was that was um that was but that was the way it was back then. It wasn't a, okay, just took that as it was normal yeah. and you know, thank you very much, Mr. Perot. I'm thinking you're gonna swing by and pick me up the game too. Okay, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it basically it's my Uber driver. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so who knows? Well, it's awesome. funny. One yeah. time we were driving home from church, and this car keeps coming up and tailgating us, and going to the side and tailgating mm. and cutting us off. And it was Pelly, you know, and his friend. Oh, friend, really? And he like so followed us, you know, home into the driveway. And same thing. The neighbor was like, "Who is that?" Oh, it was you know Pelly. <laughs> well, like same thing, like. Yeah. Lindbergh? I'm like, yeah, no, he's just, (laughs) but before we go, I have to tell you, um, your mom was just so unbelievably wonderful woman, like just such a great person. My mom loved her dearly, you know, and just such a great person. That is so nice there. Yeah. Wow. wow. Thank you. Appreciate that. She was amazing. Yeah. That's, I really appreciate that. And thank you. Um, Wow, man. Well, I'm so thank glad you. we got to I have appreciate you, you guys. Because... That's awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah, I don't no, remember you growing you. up, yeah, so it was fun to, to meet you and get to talk to you yeah, and hear different sure. stories awesome. that I've never heard before. So it was fun. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, that's good. You started with the hard-hitting first question, Kim. That <laughs> <Yeah>. was, <laughs> right wasn't even back. a question, a statement. Like, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> okay. it wasn't expected. That wasn't expected, that one. <laughs> but I told the truth. Hey, you know, she was a beauty, oh, so, you know, um, it is what it is. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, there you go. There you go. Well, I've been accused of worse things than that, for sure. That's uh, yeah. that's funny. Well, you say hello, and I appreciate that. And I will. Corey, nice to, to meet you as well, and please say hello to everybody, and uh, thanks again. And uh, keep in touch, and if you're feeling, let me know. Fantastic. Absolutely. Great stuff. Yeah. Thanks so much, Thank Ray. Thank you, guys. So much, Ray. Thank you, guys. All right. I really right. appreciate it. Bye, guys. Okay. Before I see you, Kim. Bye-bye. Thank you. Just look on.